When you hear someone encourage others to dream it, do it, getting a job in manufacturing probably is not the first thing that comes to mind. But for Stephanie Cameron, that's exactly what she's talking about. I'm Garland McWaters, and this is The Spirit of Leading. Stephanie Cameron has a simple and straightforward message for young people today. Think manufacturing. Stephanie wears a couple of hats. She's the Community Affairs Director for ABSCO in Tulsa. ABSCO is a manufacturing concern that manufactures automotive parts. And she's the State Director for OK to Grow and its program, Dream It, Do It. Stephanie, thank you for sharing your story on this episode of The Spirit of Leading. Thank you for having me. Dream It, Do It has a message for our young people that might surprise a lot of parents. So why is that message of Dream It, Do It so important to you and how do you apply it? Dream It, Do It is a a national program and it's all about showcasing career pathways and manufacturing to youth. A lot of people have misperceptions about what manufacturing is today. It's high tech, it's sophisticated, it's well paid, and it's incredibly important to our state. Um, The economic impact is huge. For every dollar invested in manufacturing, we get $1.48 in return. Currently, over 147,000 people are employed in manufacturing. The average salary for an Oklahoma manufacturing employee is over $62,000. And these are a lot of things that people aren't aware of. Um, And so a lot of people may think of a shop from 100 years ago and not encourage their students to get into this great occupation. And there are so many opportunities available, and really this is what this program is all about. Now, I know until you go out and and see for yourself what's going on in manufacturing today, you you have no idea how real high, really high tech some of these shops are. Right. The technology has increased many times over, and that's something that really appeals to students, and they don't necessarily connect that with manufacturing. So it's really about showing today's manufacturing. There are so many cool things that we manufacture here in Oklahoma that people have no clue about. Now tell us about uh, your company, Absco. What do you all manufacture? So Absco manufactures pneumatic cylinders, valves, and controls for the truck equipment industry. That would be snow trucks, dump trucks, trash trucks, construction vehicles. Um, and so we have a pretty specialized market. And when people uh, think, look at a, a large piece of equipment or machinery or just almost any appliance that you have in your home, you never realize all the subcomponents that go into that. Right. You don't make the whole truck. But the part that you make is pretty important, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people have lost that connection to, you know, everything we see around us, the things we wear, these are all manufactured and people are involved in these processes. And these things are made probably somewhere in the U.S. or internationally. I I enjoy watching on television how they make it. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a sort of a a television series on about that. My dad loves to do that. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a tinkering kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he looks at that stuff and he's, uh, he's not only amazed at the, the way things are made, he's amazed at the machines that make the things that are made. Right. How do they make the machines? Exactly. I mean, who thought of that? You know, <laughs> how's that all go together? And, and uh, when you look at uh, how things are made and the manufacturing business, somebody has to make that. Absolutely. Somebody makes the screws and somebody bends the steel and the metal put all that together. And a lot of it has to do with marketing for manufacturers. I think manufacturers sell themselves short. They only advertise when they need people. Um, Mm -hmm. We need more shows like How It's Made. We need more promotion about the industry because they're fantastic opportunities. We need a CSI for manufacturing to be able to appeal to everyday people. Well, that goes back to part of your own 
early years, your own upbringing, you kind of came up in the work world uh, through your uh, your mother's business. My mom had been working in the staffing industry um, through my middle school and high school years. And so uh, during the summers, I would tag along with her and we would tour different businesses. And I, I would say that's a highlight that I remember. Um, my mom has since gone on to open her own staffing business, so I still hear all of it. Uh, but throughout the years, she placed me in places to work. I picked up relevant skills that I'm now able to use and I think um, that's definitely something that I appreciate being able to return to students today. Um, and then I worked in manufacturing companies, and that really led me to connections here at APSCO. So how did that ha- happen for you? What was the transition or, I guess, the path that got you to where you are today? So being able to have those career exposure experiences definitely helped. In college, um, I worked for a plastics company called Atlantis Plastics. I did shipping and receiving, document control, um, anything that they needed help with um, and that willingness to learn and I really enjoyed just learning the chemistry of plastics and all of that did some document control which is valuable pretty much wherever you go Um, I did some recruiting for Kubota industrial equipment while I was in college and um, moved to Tulsa Oklahoma and a few years later met a man named Larry Mocha who was the CEO of APSCO um, we realized that we had mutual interest, and he had a position available, and the stars aligned, and here I am. <laughs> and here you are. Well, and uh, for those who are listening and don't know the story of Larry, he, he uh, built this business up as a, as a family business mm-hmm. and then uh, recently passed uh, suddenly. Yes. Uh, and uh, and he, had, he had already started this uh, uh, okay-to-grow concept with some of his friends. Is that correct? Larry had been a visionary and an advocate for a number of different things, including small business. And so he and his two best friends, Jerry Holder and Linda Wingo, had worked on some conferences having to do with small business. Um, They created a 501c3 to kind of handle these conferences. And then they ended up having some funds left over from the 2011 conference. I was hired um, in August of 2012, and we had kind of been discussing how to how to put these funds to use. And so from there, OK to Grow evolved, and we've developed three focus areas from that. Tell me about those focus areas. And now we say OK to Grow is a workforce development and career pathways nonprofit. We focus on entrepreneurship, which is youth entrepreneurship, high school completion, and career awareness activities. And that's uh, you have with you today an intern. Who is uh, who is kind of shadowing you? Is Sarah also kind of a, a product or an outgrowth of one of those outreaches for your for your foundation? She is. Um, she's actually been in contact with a couple of our programs. Um, on the youth entrepreneurship piece, we do a scholarship program for students who have existing businesses, and Sarah is one of our scholarship recipients this year. Um, we also help facilitate internship programs for students to be able to experience the workplace and kind of um, explore what they think they're interested in because a lot of times you you don't really have a concept of what that actually is on a daily basis and so um, she's been interning here at APSCO with me um, and we are very happy to have her. Well and a lot of us realize that we don't know what we want to do in life until sometimes much later in life and until we really look around and see what's going on and sometimes we just don't have a clue Mm -hmm. and uh, being able to see see opportunities early at least gives us a little bit better focus to know what direction we might want to go. So Sarah, 
Sarah Plaster is uh, a high school senior, right, at Tulsa yes. Memorial. What uh, got you interested in wanting to do one of these internship programs? Um, well, it's a pilot program that they started at the service center this year with Miss Rue Ramsey. And she had this vision to have students out in the workforce to see, get an idea of like what they wanted to do. And so they're offering it to two high schools at a cinema memorial, about 10 students each. And so the counselors were asking some of their best seniors who had room in their time, like time in their schedule to have like a two or three hour internship. And so I got picked by my counselor. How often do you come out and follow? I'm here every single day. Um, Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 11. Oh, okay. So this is an everyday thing for you. You yes. really get to, not just a glimpse, but you really get to kind of look in deep and see what's going on. Yes. What's some things you've uh, picked up along the way? Just some like general like work skills and people skills, how to like talk with people and your coworkers and be on time and just general work skills. One of the reasons I've asked Stephanie to come to uh, to, to be with us on the Spirit of Leading is because of the leadership that she's sort of exemplified in her in her work experience and her life experience, uh, just looking at her, and I know she's sitting right here, but just looking at her, what are some things you've kind of picked up from watching her that you think will help you develop more than just skills? I think one thing I admire about her is like she takes her um, skills that she has for like her work and puts them in like a nonprofit, which is very inspiring. And I hope to do that when I get older. Now, have you been able to work with her a little bit on some of her nonprofit yes. as well? I helped her with their OK to Grow Red Bud celebration. Helped her plan it because I have an interest in event planning. What's one big takeaway you've got so far from uh, from being an intern? Um, man, I think I've just learned so much about like the workforce because it's not what everyone like thinks it is, and you don't really know what to expect. Like when you're in high school, they don't really teach you that, and you don't really know until you actually get out there and start working. Right. Well, we've heard a lot you know, in the news and the media and in the politics and everything about women in business and their ability to earn equally with men and what their opportunities really are. And you're young. You're just now looking down the, the road at this. Mm-hmm. What do you see as both the opportunities that you think you're going to have and maybe some of the, so the challenges that you'll have to overcome? Um, I think women nowadays are, like, not getting as much as, like, as they should, especially, like, pay-wise. I think they should be paid just as much as men because I think they work just as hard, if not harder. And I think it's really hard for women to like get into the workforce. And especially with manufacturing, I've kind of like been open to that. And I haven't really had an interest in it, but it's like opened my eyes that women can do just as much as men can do. Absolutely. And, I've, and I speak from the perspective of having four granddaughters. Yes. And I don't want anything standing in their way. And I have, mm-hmm. a, have a daughter. And when she uh, came along, I thought, boy, I just don't want anything keeping her from from her doing the dream that she wants, and I would have to say, and kind of as a proud dad, I guess, that uh, she really has. She's made her choices, but she has two college degrees and has sort of a a work-at-home business, and she made the choice to be an at-home mom, but she works at home. And uh, it's just been really gratifying to see her have the opportunity she wanted and then to make the choices that she chose for herself. It wasn't chosen for her. She made that choice, and I'm real proud of her for that. So if there's anything I would encourage women is to be in a position to be able to make your choice. Don't let other people make the choice for you. That's yes. my sermon. So, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm really, uh, congratulations on your internship and Thank on you. your opportunities here, and I wish you the best, and I know that we're going to see great things from you. You've got a great teacher. Thank you.
turn back to you here uh, because uh, you've already you're being noticed already. Uh, this year you are we're a member of uh, Oklahoma's uh, Leadership Oklahoma class. What's uh, what's been your takeaway from that experience this year? Leadership Oklahoma has been fantastic. Um, the opportunities to learn about different regions in our state, um, different challenges that our state is facing, and the opportunities, um, being able to meet the other class members and then the committee members that work so hard to put the classes on, um, it's just been a, a wonderful experience, and I encourage anyone to check out the program. Um, it is a time commitment, but well worth it. And that's an important lesson right there. It's a time commitment, but it's well worth it. Everything takes time, and, and it's been in my experience that the busy people who take the time to learn and grow make extraordinary contributions to their communities. I would agree, and that makes me think of my mom, um, who's definitely been a huge influence on my life, just full of energy, very resilient. You know, she went through some challenges um, as we were growing up, and just to see her tenacity and her work ethic and being able to get back out in the working world and um, make a difference and, you know, raise three kids pretty much on her own and then go out and start a business, you know, in a, in a challenging time period and to see her so successful. She's definitely a big influence in my life. And looking back and reflecting on the influence she's been, has there been something really special that you've taken away from her example? Um, I think I probably get her work ethic. She can even outrun me, you know, at, at 62 years old. Um, I, I hope I have half the energy that she has. I would say another big influence in my life was the late Larry Mocha. You know, I'm definitely in this position right now because of him. And I've never seen a better example of a purpose-driven life. Um, just a very genuine, generous, humble person and so what a great guy to learn from right and those are blessings to have people come along in our lifetime to have that kind of influence on us we see their example emulate that and then of course the pay the payback is when we get to do that for someone else right those are some of my most rewarding experiences is when i'm able to spend time with someone else and share um, i'm involved in the big brothers big sisters program i do the reading partners program and so to be able to kind of spend time and invest in someone else. You know, I read a lot of um, John Maxwell and some right. of that stuff, and it's all about that next level of contributing to the community and society is being able to invest in other people. And so I've been glad to share time with Sarah, too, and hopefully in amongst all the busyness that she gets something out of it. <laughs> so. Right. Well, and the lasting impression that the people take with them through their whole life always is going to be a part of that. You know, they say people come into your life for a reason, and then it's up to you to explore that and to be able to use that. Um, you know, like my thought, having known Larry, was that I've received a gift. And so what do you go out and do with that? Um, so it's finding where you can devote your time, finding where you can make an impact, and then at the same time still balancing, you know, taking care of yourself and taking care of the people who are close to you. There is a lot to be said for showing up. Um, so showing up means being there and being present in the moment and contributing. Um, 
I, I think a lot of people miss that and they say, oh, I'm just going to blow that off. But, you know, if you if you show up and you engage, I think that's half the battle. Well, that's the way you add value. The way we really contribute in the workplace is to make the workplace a real valuable experience. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't usually cost us very much to do that. We right. just show up and help and do our job and help other people's learn and grow and just make ourselves easy to be around. And I very often uh, bump into people who say, well, he's a great, this guy's really great at what he does, but boy, people just hate to see him coming. And, <laughs> and that, that speaks to uh, really a very uh, important but intangible part sometimes of the workplace is that you, you create value to your workplace by people look say, hey, here comes so-and-so, and man, am I glad. I know they're going to help or they're going to make things better or they're going to improve the situation some way. Yeah, looking looking for that added value and where you can bring in resources or make connections. I mean, I think that that's all what it's about. That speaks to something that we've been talking about, which is this idea of mentoring and coaching. I, I think that's a huge piece of what we're trying to do, and I think it helps the current employees to see themselves in a different light. We've seen that in some of our manufacturing internships is that, you know, more senior people on the production floor or in management start to say, hey, I, I, I matter. I can help someone else. And I think it really adds value to their position and makes them um, a higher performing employee. So I think the business benefits, the mentee benefits, um, and the mentor benefits. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone. It certainly is. And that's really what we're, I'm hoping to convey in the spirit of leadership is that it's really a, it's a passion. It's not just a job. Leadership's not a job. It's not a title. It's not a chance to stand in front of the group and say, look at me. It's, uh, it's something that is a part of who you become. Mm-hmm. It's not the role you have. It's the opportunity that you have to make a contribution, to, to make things better, to look around and say, hey, how can I make things better and just go do it? And I think that's really where my passion comes in to working with OK to Grow is that, you know, I'm helping students find their way. I'm helping them find, you know, well-paying jobs. I'm helping employers find the workforce that they need. And so it's helping them find that passion, that spark, so that, you know, they are more engaged, that they are going to finish high school, that they're going to be contributing members of the community. And I think that benefits everyone in our state. Um, And I think that's this is really the time where businesses do need to be engaged in this process and be at the table with the educators. Absolutely, because uh, that only helps the communities more, that helps the, the young people more. And I, and I think that uh, it helps people to see that they have an opportunity to be a significant contributor in whatever community they're in. You don't have to run to the big cities. Right. Uh, you can find a lot of quality of life in smaller communities, which can be vibrant economically. Uh, vibrant in terms of culture and tradition and family and all the things, quality of living, quality of life. And uh, th- that's a big trade-off. When you lose that, you lose a lot. Absolutely. Um, and being from Georgia, I appreciate all that we have here in Oklahoma, the quality of life factors. You know, I look at my family in Georgia who may drive an hour and a half every day to work and then an hour and a half back. Um, so, you know, having the low cost of living, the low energy prices, um, and that commute time, I think these are all big factors as people, you know, mature and go into their careers. So I think more students need to be aware of what they have here in Oklahoma. Well, we certainly hope we can help tell, we can help tell that story.
I know the OK to Grow initiative is, is a relatively new project. Uh, what do you see as uh, your hopes for that? What do you want to see happen to that in the next few years? We'd like to see OK to Grow be the Career Pathways Initiative for the state. We're aligning ourselves with Oklahoma Works, the Governor's Workforce Plan. Um, we are helping establish other communities as OK to Grow and Dream It Do It sites. Um, we feel like these are templates that can be used across the state, so that's really where our goals are. Looking at the young population coming into the workplace today, there's a lot of emphasis on our millennials who are taking their place in leadership. Uh, they're aggressive and smart and, and eager. Uh, what advice do you have for them? What would you share with them about how to make their opportunities more vibrant for them? I think a lot of it has to do with that willingness to learn, to accept feedback, to look for opportunities where you can contribute and go the extra mile. You know, when you find your passion area and you, you really want to step up, find it in a place that aligns with your own values. Um, and then to be able to be out in the community in some extent to volunteer in those capacities as well, where it's something that you're passionate about, because if you're really following your heart, then you're gonna, it's gonna lead you on the right path. What would you say is, is some advice you would give young women? Because you are now making your way sort of in the manufacturing sector. You're rubbing elbows with the leaders and some manufacturing concerns around the state. How would you encourage young women to branch out maybe into that sector? I think there's a tremendous opportunity for women in manufacturing. Um, as Sarah mentioned, there's no reason why women can't do these jobs. And I think there's a, a need for balance in these in these work environments and I think you know there will be some challenges along the way but I think as there's just so much opportunity to establish yourself and show your value because women do bring a great value to the workforce and will for a long long time and that's so exciting about our time is that there are so many opportunities for uh, for people of all ages not just young people but I mean, we were we were reinventing the work place for every generation and being able to learn from each other and to build on each other each other's energy is just makes the workplace so vibrant and I'm just really excited to still be a part of it you know at my age and and encourage uh, young people and people of all ages to just get out there and follow your dream it's never never too late never ever too late to uh, follow your dream and do the things you love I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Stephanie, and uh, best wishes on uh, your work here with APSCO and also on the continued efforts with uh, OK to Grow and your uh, Dream It, uh, Do It initiative. And I just know you're going to continue to have a great impact on Tulsa and the manufacturing industry and the state as a whole. Thank you. And uh, Sarah, uh, congratulations to you as well, and, uh, and I hope that uh, we're going to see great things from you right here in Tulsa for a long, long time. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have, uh, and I'm excited to uh, share this time with you and with uh, Stephanie Cameron. I want to encourage you not to miss out on any future episodes. Subscribe at EmpoweredToLead.com, or you can find us on iTunes Podcasts and on Stitcher. you to go forward in the spirit of leading, to encourage the spirit, to enliven the heart, enlighten the mind, and enlarge the expectations of living in yourself and in others.
the spirit of leading, I encourage you to live empowered each and every day. I'm Garland McWaters. Thank you.